Welcome back to another edition of Sheck Sports, guys. This is your host, Calder Schechterson. Thank you once again for joining me. Um, I know it's a busy time of year, uh, but obviously, welcome back. I want to first off thank all my supporters. It's really remarkable. Um, I started this podcast in 2018, and I just saw Spotify releases your podcast um, rankings and reviews as almost if you're going to be listening to music. Um, and it's great. I actually found out that I'm on four. I'm on four in four countries. Um, I think my growth is about 250%, and uh, it's phenomenal to see um, how my podcast has been distributed, listened, analyzed by people that I do know that I don't know, so thanks once again. But welcome back, guys. Uh, it has been a crazy week um, with college football, and obviously um, there's a lot to look out for. First of all, the top 25 was just revealed. The second rankings, I know that Pat Codfrey, myself, and other people did a show, and uh, shout out to them, Reed and Corey, as well. It was really nice hearing the analysis. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little listen of what you saw on ESPN, guys. Bear with me one second. Here's what we saw the other night, and this is going to be uh, the College Game Day crew discussing the top six. Take a look. Capital One, Alabama has now been number one in the college football playoff rankings more than every other team combined. Crimson Tide there for the 20th time. Just behind them, I think we're going to see Notre Dame, and we do. Uh, the Irish as complete as any team in the country. Kirk, you've called them, you think, maybe the most complete team in the country. Yeah, I, I really think they have an argument. I think I think Alabama could be 1A and Notre Dame could be 1B. Uh, every aspect of their game is impressive. And as I said last week, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder out to prove everybody wrong. At number three, just behind Notre Dame, the game that we presume we're going to see for the second time in the ACC championship game. Notre Dame, as I told you a couple of minutes ago, is there. Clemson only has to beat Virginia Tech on All right, guys, so that was a little uh, intro into the rankings um, due to technical difficulties of the Wi-Fi. Um, they only got to three, but four is obviously going to be Ohio State. Five is Texas A&M, and four is at six. Um, now, what a lot of people may not know, and I think it's good to point out, is um, the rankings, I believe, by the committee uh, are true to their word. Um but I do believe there is bias. I mean, BYU is still 13. I think BYU should be lower down. Um, it, breaking news less than an hour ago, I would say that BYU is now going to be playing at Coastal Carolina. To be honest, I, I hate to be the downer on the Liberty football. Shout out to them and Hugh Freeze. But this is a way better matchup for Coastal Carolina and BYU because, A, BYU is finally getting on a national stage. By that, I mean it's college game day Saturday First time ever going to Coastal Carolina, alma mater of a great national uh, baseball champion for college, and also Justin Johnson, who just won the Masters. Uh, so, B, And B, it's going to be ranked opponents. So it's Coastal Carolina's big time to shine, even bigger for BYU, because if BYU wins away with the, all this momentum, then they should be at least 10. 
And if they lose, then okay, put them at 13. But that's why you would put them at 13 because they lost the game to a ranked opponent in a big national lineup. So I think that BYU should be ranked lower, but we'll see what happens this weekend. Not too surprised with the rest of the rankings. Obviously, Pat Goff will be happy. His Clemson Tigers are at three. Um, you know, they should be at three. Bama definitely is at one. And I know Corey um, and uh, Mario and Dylan will be watching the LSU game this weekend. It's the Bama LSU game, which has been great in recent years. I don't see it being that this year. I think it's going to be a huge win by Alabama. Um, payback for last year, what Joe Burrow did to them, which was rightfully so. Um, so I think Bama will stay at one. Uh, two, Notre Dame, you know, they really surprised, I think, the country. I thought they could be good. I didn't think they would be this good. Uh, it's not an understatement. It's not an insult to Brian Kelly or he and Booker, the program, but they beat North Carolina. Um, they didn't succumb to what Clemson almost did last year, which was lose to Carolina in Chapel Hill. Uh, book and especially the defense demolished Carolina in the second half of the game. So shout out to Carol um, Clemson for uh, Notre Dame, I should say for doing a great job. Um, Ohio state at four, how much can they afford to lose if they have another game canceled, their season's over with, um, you know, uh, obviously Michigan not playing this weekend is key, you know, which really leaves um, Indiana and Wisconsin is the second only ranked game in the country, which is huge. Um, the game is in Wisconsin. I think that it will be a major, major shape up for the Big Ten um, because if Wisconsin does win, that can get them just more recognition in a crazy season where they're not going to have a premier bowl game. And if, you know, Indiana wins away, then I see them getting back close to, you know, six or seven. Um, so it's going to be a wild weekend. I'm really curious to see what happens. And look, the standings reflect really how the Heisman Trophy is going as well. I mean, if Ian Book can continue to win out, that's huge um, for Notre Dame and his chances of bringing back Heisman Trophy. And, you know, if Mac Jones demolishes uh, LSU with, let's say, five touchdowns and maybe one rushing, elevates his position. So it's huge. It's really an interesting time for college football during this global pandemic. And I'm really curious to see how the rest of the season goes. Um, you know, other teams I'm really surprised about that are still even in the top 25. A is North Carolina. I love UNC, but not sure why they're there after losing pretty badly in a second half where they were failed to, I think, on five straight possessions or four straight possessions, score a touchdown. Um, so that's one. B... I don't know why Wisconsin is even at 16. I mean, they're 2-1. and one. Um, Marshall, who is 7-0 with an amazing freshman quarterback that's going to be playing on Sunday in future years, are at 21, and Wisconsin 2-1 and one is at 16. It should be the reverse. Um, see, the biggest surprise is we have three Pac-12 teams in the top 25 when we had ridden off the Pac-12. Um, you know, you have Washington at 3-0, and Oregon at 3-1, and USC at 3-0. So it's impressive that both teams are at 3-0. The only team I really see even getting to a top-top ranking is Washington. I think USC eventually loses a game. I like Washington. Um, and, you know, the, the, the new era they have with a different head coach at the line. Oregon, again, they were key 
to win the Pac-12 and get to the college ball playoff, but it's not going to happen. I, I doubt it. Um, so we'll see. It's 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 a big time. You know, again, the U.S. the UCFs, the Cincinnati's, you know, Cincinnati's at seven in the rankings. I think again, like I've talked about with Dylan Reed, Corey, Pat, everyone, expansion is the only way. Uh, if you get to eight teams, then you'll have a chance for those non-power fives, non-key key schools to get in. Um, if you continue at six, it's going to be very hard. It would be the equivalent of when, honestly, Leicester City won the Premier League. Shout out to you, Brandon Davis. But you would need to have an astronomical shift in college football, just as the Premier League had in that, I believe, 2015 season, to even consider either any of those teams making it, regardless if it's one, two, or three making it to the standings. So I think it's key to what will happen um, in college football. And, you know, look, if you look at the games this weekend, again, it's one of those high slash off weeks, not a lot of exciting matchups. I mean, look, Coastal Carolina is going to be great. Um, if COVID wasn't happening, I'm sure that Myrtle Beach would be packed this weekend um, with spectators. You know, I'm looking at the schedule right now for this weekend. They are playing uh, BYU. You know, USC is playing Washington State. Could be a fun one. It's actually on a Sunday in LA, so that will add to the, the NFL schedule, the the match, the the you know the combining of both uh, pro and amateur sports. Um, who could ever forget Oklahoma's comeback at their last season? Probably the comeback of the decade um, they play. So Oklahoma Baylor, Oklahoma Baylor play this weekend. Again, LSU, Alabama, Oregon and Cal, BYU and Coastal Carolina. That game's going to be at 5.30 on ESPN, which is interesting because it should be on ABC, but there's probably just so many games of broadcasting rights that they had to go on that channel. Um, you know, TCU and Oklahoma State, I like TCU actually. I have Oklahoma State winning, but remember TCU is upset people and the game is – at TCU. It's in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Texas A&M and Auburn. I mean, Texas A&M is very hot six and one. I like them in the Jimbo Fisher era. I think honestly, Jimbo Fisher is doing a better job at Texas A&M than he did it, than, than he did at Florida state. It may be crazy to say that, but to be honest, even though Fisher got that one national title at Florida state, I think the culture and geographically the location is just better for his coaching mentality. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be the end of the Kelly Mond era, but don't count on that. I think this could really be, really be something special. And then obviously, you know, Clemson, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, I should say, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Clemson's going to see Moham. Georgia plays Vanderbilt. Georgia should get to 7 and 2. And to be honest, Georgia fans, I know you probably felt this. You need, again, another big JT Daniels game. I think one of the big questions in college football for Kirby Smart and for Bold Domination is why did you know why did JT Daniels from USC, who had a remarkable season last year besides the injury, not start? Because I think if JT Daniels had started the season for Bold Domination, Georgia could be seven and one, even eight and zero. But we'll see what happens with the rest of the season they're having. Stanford, Washington, it's always a fun one. I like Washington. They're a very strong program, playing at one of the best venues in college football. I hope to get to the day, Alaska um, Airlines Arena um, Stadium, I should say, which will be really fun to see. Um, they have a good team. You know, they're rushing leaders um, and passing leaders. I mean, Dylan Morris, a QB. Got a QBR of 72, which is decent for a Pac-12 team. You know, Sean McGraw, running back 162 yards of two TDs so far. And, you, you know, and you have uh, Kate Odd in at tight end. So we'll definitely see what happens. 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. And I think the important thing for people to understand is with this new era of college football, I think what Kirk Herbstreit, you know, Desmond Howard is what they've proven is look, defense tends to win championships. But in this day of age, it's the same way that you watch golf. I mean, shout out to Ryan McGarry at McDaniel College. If you, if you listen to this, Ryan, we are talking about, you know, the same way that these young players come onto these PGA courses and tear them apart to the point where, like Ryan said, maybe Augusta will change its format. That's happening in college football. You know, these Joe Burrows, these Trevor Lawrence's are proving that while defense does help, offense is the way in college football. You have to be putting up. 40 points a weekend, you know, mixing up the spread, uh, uh, air raid offense, you know, if there's one position, I think we can all agree on that's changed college football, maybe forever, or for, for at least for the next 10 to 15 years, it's the tight end position. Maybe in 1920, a tight end was probably being the third string guy on the bench or someone that was there to block who was big. If you're a tight end now, like we've seen at Penn state, Boston college and Clemson, that's a big position. And look, the NFL is really loving the tight end positions. I mean, Adam Thielen, best tight end in the NFL probably right now. You know, I got him on my fantasy team on a good weekend. He'll put up 15, 16 points. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a wide receiver, Thielen. Um, I meant Kyle Rudolph, who I have in my um, fantasy. Kyle Rudolph for Minnesota is a tight end. He'll put up 15 points a weekend. T. Bourbon for Indianapolis, I mean, another explosive player. So, I think there's a lot to say right now about the tight end position and what it's doing to the game and how we'll interpret it. Um, so guys, this is a quick episode, but I really wanted to talk about the standings, my thoughts. Uh, I'll be doing a show possibly tomorrow, if not next week. And thanks again for listening to Shek Sports. I'm over and I'm out. Have a great weekend, guys. Cheers.